Welcome to the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. If you've ever daydreamed about running your very own baking business, then you're in the right place. I'm Lauren, the cheerful baker, and I'll be your guide on this delightful journey where sugar, passion, and entrepreneurship collide. In each episode, we'll chat with talented bakers, entrepreneurs, and cookie decorators who've transformed their passions into something truly magical. Whether you're a seasoned baker or just starting out, this podcast is for you. We'll uncover the secret behind successful baking businesses, share tips and tricks to help you level up your skills, and unravel the stories of those who've created thriving careers in the baking industry. Plus, I have an exciting announcement for all of our listeners. Introducing the Cheerful Box, a monthly subscription that brings joy and inspiration to your doorstep. Each box is carefully curated and filled with items to enhance your baking experience. Inside, you'll find a surprise collection of unique cookie cutters, clip art, and a stencil, plus an exclusive link to my online cookie decorating class. It's the perfect way to indulge your passion for baking and take your skills to new heights. So after you listen to this episode, be sure to check out the Cheerful Box. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to receive a monthly dose of baking magic delivered right to your door. Visit our website and subscribe today. Now grab your cup of coffee and let's get ready for this week's episode. So I want to introduce you all to my friend Renee, and I'm going to let her take it away and tell us a little bit about her story and how she got started. Hi, hey, I'm Renee. So to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm Renee, and I own Sweet Cheeks by Renee. I started eight years ago when my son was born, just doing cakes. I was completely self-taught, and I dabble into cookies, and now eight years later, I'm basically strictly cookies, and now I teach cookies, and I honestly, I love the evolution of where my business has taken me. And now I'm here today talking to everybody here. Yeah. So were you creative when you were young, Renee? I was an artist, I would say. I loved to draw. I loved creating. I've always, I was always that person in class that was doodling on my papers. So you couldn't, you would not see a notebook that didn't have any type of doodle in it. Like all of my notebooks had some sort of doodling in it. I like to doodle trees and eyes and all of this stuff. (laughs) So I was constantly drawing. And then it was one of those things that as I grew up, I had to figure out how I could use those artistic skills, but make a career of it. And, and then I was like, okay, I'll go to school for interior design. Like I can use that because who goes to school for art? (laughs) Growing up in like a Catholic school, it was not something that you would, you don't go to school for art. So I was like, I'll do interior design and through trial and error, everything, it just turned into what it is today. Hey, Renee, you want to hear something funny? So I was also doodling in my notebooks when I was little. Everything was covered, especially at church. The first thing I would do is I would go and I would get, I would start drawing all over the bulletin. I thought the same thing. Maybe I should do something art related in college. You didn't do that. Back when I was young, you considered it a waste of money. So guess what I went into college doing? Interior design. (laughs) (laughs) And then I moved over to... Yeah, I moved over to clothing and textiles, but that's funny. It's so funny because if you actually see a lot of people who have 
either are a cookie artist, cake artist, or whatever, most of them didn't start this way. They started in interior design or clothing. I mean, there's Mick. If you look at Mick from Mick and Cookies, she started in fashion. And so we've all had this like artistic bug, but we've also been raised to believe that going to school for art is a waste of money, which we know that now. But it's a waste of money. So we had to find our way around it. And some of us landed in sugar. I love that. Some of us landed in sugar. (laughs) So you said you you really started when your son was born. Yeah. Is that right? Now, had you dabbled a little bit before that? Or were you bored? Or how did that happen? Yeah. So while I was going... Well, not bored, because having a baby is a lot of work. (laughs) They also sleep a lot. (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually... So when I was going to school for interior design, I went to school in Boston. And I live about... Or at the time, I lived about 40 minutes north of Boston. So I would come home on the weekends. And I needed a summer job. And you need to make money in college. And so I started working at a place that I had worked at previously as a cashier. It was like a specialty store and they needed a bakery person. So I started working there and they knew that I was artistic. So they were like, hey, why don't you try decorating some of these cakes? Now these were like frozen pre-frosted cakes. You just added frosting on top to make it look pretty. So I literally sat there with all of the piping tips and the piping bags and the frosting, and I would just practice Mm. and try to see what every tip did. So I did that, and then I slowly became their cake person, and people were coming to this particular store to buy cakes from me. And then over time, I ended up going to, we have a chain up here called Market Basket, and I started working there as their cake decorator and then I ended up landing a job at a big small cake place but the woman had been on Food Network a few times and she made these big beautiful fondant covered cakes carved cakes they were stunning but she didn't make the buttercream cakes that I made so they needed someone so I started working there and then slowly I started to build my way up I was learning a lot there and I became their manager all of that stuff And then I got married and then we got pregnant. And the intention was that I was going to have the baby. And then I love to work so much. So I was totally going to be back in two weeks. Just give me two weeks after birthing an entire human and I will be right back to work. And two weeks go by and I was like, I can't even imagine going back to work yet. Three weeks go by, I'm running out of money because at the end of the day, it was a bakery job. I wasn't making a whole lot of money. There was no maternity leave. And during this time, I had my husband in my ear, I had my parents in my ear, I had friends and family in my ear saying, you should just start your own thing. People have been following you since the beginning. They'll follow you to your next thing. So I was like, okay, and holding my little four-month-old, not four-week-old nugget, I decided to quit my job and start Sweet Cheeks and hope and pray that people did follow me. So tell me how you got your name, your business name, Sweet Cheeks. Yeah. So it was actually, if I'm completely honest, it was one of those things that, again, I'm sitting on my couch. I am trying to figure out what I want to name my business. Do I want my name in it? Do I not want my name in it? So I I literally Googled like fun bakery names, fun, all that stuff, because I knew I'd be working from home. I wasn't opening a storefront, anything like that. So I was trying to look at fun bakery names and I came across Sweet Cheeks. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. In my head, I was thinking of like growing up, 
I always had these big cheeks and people would say I had like, these chipmunk cheeks. Like I still have these big, like bulbous cheeks. And so like, <laughs> oh, that's such a cute name. Like it goes back to when I was like a kid and I had these big cheeks. And then I texted my mom and I said, what about, what do you think about the name Sweet Cheeks? And she was like, Renee, you can't name it Sweet Cheeks. Can you imagine your father going to work and trying to promote your job at Sweet Cheeks? <laughs> and I went, now that you've told me no, I'm gonna have to do it. And that was it. Like, you told me no. So now this is going to be what it is. And he is going to have to work, go to work and promote Sweet Cheeks. And it's... <laughs> you know what I think about whenever I think of Sweet Cheeks? I think when you're eating a dessert or cooking. Yeah. And it's just so good. And you can't stop eating it. All of a sudden you, you have a mouthful of food, especially for a little kid. Yeah. I think it's the cutest name. <laughs> I love it. I honestly, and it's the best thing in the world when I have people call me and especially dads, the wives are telling the dads, Hey, can you order the birthday cake for our kid or whatever? And I answer the phone and I have, a, I use my personal phone. So when, a, when the phone rings, I'm not answering sweet cheeks. I'm answering hi. And <laughs> So I answer hello, and they're on the other line. They go, "Is this, is this sweet cheeks?" <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> this is the perfect lead-in to my next question. <laughs> sweet cheeks. I know that fitness is very important to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could be another term, another thing exactly. you can think of when you say sweet cheeks. Because I was looking at your Instagram and yeah. I'm impressed you work out, girl. I need to yeah. get some inspiration from you. <laughs> but have you ever gotten into making gluten-free cookies or anything like that? Or are you like me and you think, hey, maybe I'll eat healthy, but I'm going to eat a cookie with lots of sugar in it. <laughs> I am. I try to do everything very balanced. As for when it comes to what I provide, I get asked often if I'll make gluten-free or vegan options and stuff like that. And my answer always is no. It's just straight up no. I'm happy to provide references for other people that do provide those things. But we have... We live in a world right now that has so many allergies and so many intolerances that... <clears throat> excuse me. That I don't want to get into a space where I hurt someone because my kitchen makes stuff that isn't gluten-free. It isn't vegan. I used to tell people nut free. I need it to be nut free. And I would start with while there are no nuts in my cookies, I work in a kitchen that might have cross-contamination. And then they would say, oh, it's okay or whatever. And that was fine. And I never had an issue, but the anxiety that I had once those cookies left my door it didn't sit right with me. So now if I have someone who asks for gluten-free or vegan or nut-free, while I could probably figure that out, I'd rather give that business to someone who is specific on that yes. and absolutely guarantee it than myself. I'd rather just take the... I have a sugar cookie recipe that I use that I sell and I love, and I, I'm not going to stray for that from that. As for my personal life, I'm all about balance. I eat pretty much whatever the heck I want. And then I just balance it out with other stuff later. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> so you mentioned that you sell your sugar cookie recipe. Yeah. Can you tell us about some of the other things that you sell? I know you have lots of online classes. Yeah. In fact, one is coming up and I'm going to show Renee. <laughs> that is unbelievable thank you yeah so i 
Back in 2020, when the whole world shut down, I had actually prior to that thought about selling recipes or classes. It was just one of those things that like, because I wasn't being forced to do it, I wasn't going to do it. I'm the kind of person that like, I need like a deadline and I need, otherwise it's not going to get done. So it was one of those things I was like, oh, I'd love to do online classes. I'm busy with orders and all that stuff. When I stopped having (laughs) orders because nobody was having events anymore, I had no choice. So I started recording myself decorating cookies and I started selling my recipe that I know works so well. I know tastes really good. It's different than your typical sugar cookie. So I started selling the recipe, which went over really well. And I still get reviews today that people love it and they use it for their own businesses. And then I started selling classes. And the way I do my classes is I teach the way that I would have wanted or needed to be taught. I sit there and everything is done with my iPhone and I have a little microphone that I set up. And while I am decorating, I'm talking to you. So it's not one of those things where I record everything and then I voice over afterwards. I want to talk to you while I'm decorating so that what's in my head, it could be something as simple as, I'm twisting my wrist just a little bit so that people understand because making florals and stuff like that, I always had people that were like, when I was first learning, oh, you just do it like this. I'm like, that's not helpful. Like, (laughs) I need a little more. And they were like, oh, and just like this. And I'm like, like, it didn't help. So when I'm sitting there with the tip in the bag in my hand, I'm literally explaining, okay, I'm pointing the tip up a little bit more, and then I'm going to point it down. And so you get the full experience. I over detail my classes because I want you to be able to get all of it when you purchase That's my so classes. That's so good. Yeah. That is so great because I have to tell you, so I'm very artistic. I've done everything art related that you can imagine. So when I started decorating cookies, I wanted to learn how to do florals. And I thought, I I didn't think that it would be all that difficult because I had lots of experience in doing other things. So I found, this was a long time ago before there were all the great classes that are available now. Mm -hmm. I found a YouTube video on how to make roses out of Butter, I think it was buttercream. And yeah. I thought I can do that. I got the tip, bought the tip. I must have watched the video 50 times and I could not get it. I thought, how can this be so difficult? Yeah. This is the hardest. This It yeah. was so difficult until I figured out, oh, this is how, like you're saying, this is how you angle the tip. This is yeah. how you twist your hand. Now I can make roses in my sleep. It's so yeah. easy. But yeah. if I would have had somebody like you explaining, not just move your hand around this circular motion, that didn't get it for me. So that's no. great. No, you need like the full detail and it's it, all of my classes. So I have the classes that are I get asked all the time if I have any beginner classes or like advanced classes. And I do, I did just release a flooding class where you can flood a cookie with one consistency. And I think that's for anybody. It could be for beginners or people who maybe want to better their time and their money by just doing one consistency. But that would be considered a beginner class. But the thing is that all of my classes are from start to finish. At no point am I introducing already flooded cookies and say, okay, we're going to decorate these. Like you're literally getting from start to finish. So technically, even if you're a beginner, I still encourage people to try it because you're, I'm not skipping any steps. There are zero steps that are skipped. The only step that are skipped is the actual baking of the cookies. But other Mm -hmm. than that, 
from start to finish, you're getting everything. It could really be for anybody. You know what else is interesting? And I've told this story before about watercolor. When I learned to watercolor, I didn't know how difficult it was. So I didn't think it was difficult. I just got my watercolors and I started going and I loved it. And then everybody said, oh my goodness, you're a watercolor artist. Watercolor is the hardest medium. And I thought, no, it's not because no one told me that. I think it's the same with cookies that look really difficult. If, even if you don't have a ton of knowledge and you yeah. attempt it, you don't know how difficult it's supposed to be. And when you have somebody like you walking through each step, yeah. sometimes that can be more beneficial for a beginner to take a right. class like that than a seasoned cookie decorator who's intimidated because they think it's going to be hard. You just It's one of those things that people will look at the cookies and I get this a lot and they're like, oh, I wish I had that talent. I wish I was at that level and all that stuff. And it's the only way to get there is to practice and to continue. I didn't start there. (laughs) Nobody started. It's just a lot of practice. And if you, I am also a huge advocate for, yes, I sell classes and recipes and it supports me and my family and my business. But also there are free resources out there and I would never fault anybody for trying to find free resources. We're all doing we're all need to support each other so if buying my class is not my thing there are other resources like on youtube and stuff like that which is how i started with cakes and then i just moved over to cookies like i said you really don't know until you keep practicing and then eventually you make it to what we're at right now yeah now one thing renee that i've noticed looking at your gorgeous instagram feed it's it's breathtaking. I'll look at one picture and I'll be like, oh, that's the most gorgeous set I've ever seen. And then I'll look at the one next to it. And I'm like, oh, that one might be better. <laughs> but one thing I think one, one thing about your decorating that I believe draws people in is your use of textures because mm-hmm. your cookies don't look like everybody else's. Yeah. So how did you get into using so much texture in your design? So when I first started, it was eight years ago. So cookies were prevalent. I'm not, I'm not a pioneer in cookies by any means of the word. Cookies are prevalent. I saw at that time, eight years ago, that a lot of the cookies were flat. And not like flat as in bad, as in it was just like icing on icing and then out the door, which a lot of people loved. And I think that was great. I've always enjoyed seeing in nature or out and about just like, the dichotomy between smooth and textured or flat and just, I, I need more. It's visually appealing for me. So I always am trying to find new ways to add that and add dimension. I want to layer my cookies. I want them to, I want some of them to be flat. I want some of them to have lots of texture in my sets. As you'll see, if you look at my sets, you'll see a few cookies that are just like super simple, flat, don't have a whole lot of icing on them. Some of them I actually make almost naked. Like I just add a little bit of icing on it, but it's still very effective. And then other cookies are like tons of texture, tons of dimension so that I can, when I lay them out, there's so much going on and it all balances Mm -hmm. it out. And for me, it's just about what I like and what I want to see, what feels good to my eyes. <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm constantly trying to find that. So as I'm making my sets, say if I have six designs in an order, two of those designs I know are going to be fairly simple. They're going to be fairly flat. 
and I hate that word, but flat. And then the other four designs are going to be either super detailed or one might be a very detailed, one might be a little bit less detailed because I know that when it's all put together, and that's my favorite part is like, I do everything separately. And then at the end of the week, when I'm like done and I'm about to bag everything, that's when I take the cookies and I go, okay, let's see. And I put it all together. That's probably your, some of your interior design background too because that's a lot of interior design is is layering simple pieces of furniture with beautiful fabrics with lots of texture and lots of color you do that with cookies it is and it is a class and I've been saying this for years and it's just one of those things we've talked about ADHD and I'm where I just recently got diagnosed with ADHD so this all makes sense (laughs) undiagnosed no (laughs) doubt I have it I want to create a class because one of the biggest questions I get is how do I design my sets? Like, how do you start with this and end up with this? And I want to create a class that teaches people how to design from start to finish so that you're not necessarily, we're given, I feel like we're given like inspiration as cookies. Like you have someone reach out to be like, I love these cookies. And then you're expected to make cookies that look just like that. And not a lot of us want to do that. There are a few people who that's how their business is run and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are a lot of people out there that want to be able to design a set from start to finish. So mm-hmm. I want to be able to teach that. And I feel like because I have the design background, I have a special, <laughs> I sound like Liam Neeson, I have a special set of skills <laughs> that I can <laughs> offer to people to help them start and finish. So the class wouldn't just be making cookies. It would actually be like a design class because you need that core start and then you can translate that later. It's happening. It's I'm working on it. I just have to lay <laughs> That it is out. a great idea. Okay, Renee, I would like to have you finish that class by November 18th. How about that? You said, yeah, <laughs> I know. I need a specific deadline. <laughs> that is a fabulous idea because one reason that I started my cookie cutter set, my cheerful box is because when I first started, that was one of the hardest things for me, putting sets together. Yeah, I would look and I would think, I don't know what goes together and I don't know what sizes. And I know this one cookie that I want to have. How do I go from that to having a whole cohesive set? Yeah. It's really hard for people. So that's a good idea. I, it is a good, I really, I love it. I have it. It's there. It's in my head. I just have to put it down on paper. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any tips for aspiring cookie artists who want to start playing with texture on cookies? Yeah. Honestly, the way that I started doing it was looking at my station, my desk or whatever, and looking literally around my space and being like, okay, what can I put on a cookie that'll make it look fun? What edible and safe (laughs) can I put on a cookie (laughs) to make it look fun? So like, for instance, one time I was decorating these onesie cookies for a baby shower and I had a little table fan and it was one of the ones that had the wire spokes on it. And it, I was doing something and this fan fell on the cookie and I was so mad. And I, let me preface this by saying, long story short, I didn't use the cookie, but let me start there. Was your husband like, I'll eat that cookie? Because that's yeah. what my husband would have said. <laughs> it fell on the cookie and the spokes made this really cool, because the cookie had been crusted. So it had a crust on it, but it wasn't completely dried. So when I pulled the fan off of it, it had the collar of these oh. like lines, these perfectly spaced lines, because it actually fell perfectly on where the neck was. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, 
I can't use this, but let me try to find a way to incorporate that. Or years ago, and I think this is what started, partially what started, again, I don't want to take credit for, there's so many ideas out there. But years ago, I was sitting at my station and I was creating this design and I had this idea that I wanted this long, elongated hexagon cookie to have a little bouquet on it, but I wanted it to look like it was wrapped um, on craft paper. And I was like, okay. And I had the craft paper color icing and I was like, but how do I make this look? It's like paper. And I had seen people use flat parchment to get like the flat cement look. And I was like, I wonder if I take parchment and I crumple it up and I put it on the icing, what would happen? So I took the one cookie, I had not seen it before. So I took the one cookie first just to make sure that it would work before I made all of the cookies like that. And I piped my icing on it. I put the parchment on the next day. I peeled it off and it was like this, it looked like a craft paper bag. And I was like, this is so cool. And then I piped my bouquet on it. Shoot to like, how many, however many years later, that's all is like this, like the parchment on the cookies, making all of these fun designs and textures and stuff like that. And I think it's just like, it stems from sitting at your desk and looking around your space and saying, okay, what can I put on a cookie to make it look fun? I'm doing that now. (laughs) I know. And there are so many ways to do it. It's just, you have to experiment. So like my ADHD, my biggest advice is to like, (laughs) the only way that you can do it is by doing it, is by practicing and experimenting and failing until you find something that works. So that's what I have done and I highly recommend it. I think we're all a little afraid to try new things and like experiment and fail, but that's literally the only way that it's going to work. I love doing collabs. Mm -hmm. If anybody's listening, they don't know what a collab is. It's when a cookie, usually a cookie artist will say, okay, let's all make this certain theme. And then people will make all types of different cookies to match that theme. And you all post them on the same day. I love collabs because it enables me to be free and to experiment because I'm not going to sell that cookie to anyone. I'm not doing anything but experimenting and having fun. But I love your idea of you just look around and see what you can find and wonder what that would do. Like I have this little straw right here. Yeah. I'm thinking, wouldn't that be cute? I could, if the icing was almost crusted, I could poke little holes. I've never done that, but that might be fun. (laughs) Yeah. I have all, I have like my cookie cutters that are like hanging around here. I have all sorts of, like I have a spatula type, like I have all sorts of things here that I'm like, okay, if it's just crusted enough and as long as the tool is clean, there's no reason why you can't use that to experiment with your cookies. So You mean I can't take this right out of my cup and put it in my cookie and then drink? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, So you are teaching at CookieCon. Yeah. Teaching a classic CookieCon. Yeah. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I'm very excited. This is my first time teaching an add-on class at CookieCon. A couple years ago, I was asked to be a core instructor, and that was really a fun time. So this time, I am doing add-on, and I'm 
so excited for it. I'm a little nervous because I see how much prep work goes into it. So that's a little scary. But I'm teaching two different classes. One that is called First Comes Love. And then the next one is called Then Comes Marriage. Because if you follow me at all, you know that my favorite thing to do is make wedding sets or bridal showers. So I wanted to teach a class on what I know and what I love best. And shout out to Amy Clow who helped me come up with the names because I make these really pretty cookies. But like when it comes to copy and names and stuff like that, I got nothing. So <laughs> she helped me. I showed her the classes and she was like, or my ideas. And she goes, what if you did a first comes love as like an engagement romance set and then comes marriage? I was like, amazing. Perfect. <laughs> I did that. And so currently my first class, first class, first comes love is sold out. Both of those classes, I'm doing two four-hour classes one day, and those are both sold out. The next day, then comes marriage. The AM class, the morning class is sold out, and the PM class, I still have a couple of spots left. If you know anybody's listening and is coming to CookieCon, I still have a couple of spots left. I'm really excited about getting those done and teaching people how to like decorate bridal shower sets with texture, with different dimensions, but also something that I'm huge on is using shapes and stuff that you already have. I, my core class when I taught it in Reno was about running your business on a cookie budget because a lot of us know that it's, cookies don't make a whole lot of money. They can. You can make them a lot of money, but when you're first starting, it's a lot. And I think sometimes we get bombarded with like all of the things and all of the tools that we need to have right, right away. So when I make any of my classes, I really try to focus on what you could already have so like my then comes marriage class is with one cutter, one cookie cutter the entire time. So really? it's just designing one shape, multiple different ways because wow. I want you to be able to A, save money on cutters and B, it forces your brain to see different things in different ways with one shape. So I'm really big on doing that. And that's what one of my classes is about. Yeah. That's fantastic because I've looked at the at that class and at the photograph. And I didn't even realize that it was all one shape. So that is really cool. Yeah. So that's a big accomplishment to be a core instructor and to yeah. be able to teach classes. And another big accomplishment is the fact that you are a winner of the yeah. Christmas cookie challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any fun stories to share about that experience? That was and experience <laughs> it was <laughs> I had actually so for anybody out there who maybe has applied before just know that I had applied about two to three times prior to being chosen I had applied I had interviewed I had gotten through all of the steps and then was ghosted at the last second to get I didn't think I was going to get through back in it was 2021 when my season was released but I went through we filmed in Knoxville Tennessee and it was really a great experience. It was still during COVID time. So we still had to do like testing and wear masks and we really weren't allowed to be together separate from filming. But what happened, I remember this and I'll never forget it. I remember it was the first day of filming. We don't, I don't know who I'm competing against. I have no idea who's going to be there. Same as the people that I'm competing with. And I go down to the lobby. I'm waiting for the van to come. My COVID test came back negative, all that stuff. <laughs> and I'm waiting in the lobby and I have my mask on and I'm wearing my Christmas jersey in April. And <laughs> I'm waiting for the van. 
and a girl comes down and she goes to get a coffee and she looks at me and she goes, oh, you're Renee. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, hi, hi. <laughs> and she goes, I want to go home now. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? So we get in the van and another girl knows me and she's like, oh. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, guys, but stop. Like, we're all... <laughs> And then one guy, he was getting mad because he thought it was going to be more like home bakers or whatever. I was like, I'm a home baker. And he's like, that's not the same. He's like, that's not <laughs> <laughs> We get there and come to find out because I hadn't seen her face yet. We, this girl that she's, oh, I want to go home. I haven't seen her face yet. So we get into this room and we're waiting to do our pre-interviews and she takes her mask off and she tells her first, her whole name. And I went, oh my God, I know you. And it was Emily Solomus. And M's Custom Cookies is her tag on Instagram. And she's taken all of my classes. Oh. All of them. She, wow. we, we were communicating. We're messaging back and forth. We're talking about things all the time. Up until I left, we were talking. So, like, she gets there and I'm like, oh, Emily. She goes, yeah, I know. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is going to be great. She goes, no. And I was like, oh, it's going to be so much fun. So... The whole thing and Food Network, they know what they're doing. They uh, know what they're doing. And the whole thing was the teacher against the student. And that right. was their whole spiel. They even put our stations together so that we were right next to each other. And like they were really just like playing that teacher-student card the entire time. And we really, the thing is that like, when you go to these places like Food Network or any type of competition show, especially in the U.S., they don't do this in the U.K., but especially in the U.S., they're really trying to sell a story and they're really trying right. to pin people against each other. And yeah. something about the cookie community is that we're not like that. Like, I right. was very supportive of Emily. I was very supportive of, of Cece, of Doug, of Kenny. Like, we're very supportive of each other. And I was really, honestly... When everything was said and done and we got to the last round and everything was finished, we got a chance to look at each other's cookies before judging. And I looked at Emily's cookie and I went, Emily, and I feel bad about this to this day. I was like, Emily, you, you did amazing. I think you won. I think this is yours. Like, because I, I truly believed it. And she was like, oh, no, you made clean work. Like, you did an incredible job. Poor Cece. She was amazing. She, her work was so clean and so good, but she made this gelatin thing that just Eddie was not a fan of. So like, it was one of those- Rain ramp baton. <laughs> I felt so, he like went in hard on her and I felt so Aww. bad about it, but it was one of those things that after judging, even she was like, yeah, no, I'm out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that secret ingredient, that's the hardest thing. Cause you have no clue what it's going to be. No clue. no clue. And you have to it think, what can I do biggest, with this? It is the Art. biggest surprise of the whole process without saying things that we're not supposed to say. It's the biggest surprise out of everything. So when they tell you that and you sit there and you go, what? First of all, it, it was Rambutan, starfruit, and Buddha's hand. I never heard of Buddha's hand in my entire life, ever. And I Me remember either. when I said that, I'm thinking to myself, this is how my brain works. I'm like, Buddha's hand? Are they going to present the star fruit and the Ramadan in a Buddha hand? What do you... I'm, I was so confused. So it was like, and I've never heard of them. I don't know how they taste. I know that they might be a little bit tropical. So we'll just go with that and then hope for the best. And that's what we did. 
Is that what you use, the Buddha's hand? No, I ended up using the star fruit. I couldn't remember. I took, I was one of those people that took a little bit of each back to my station and I cut into everything and I tasted it. And the oh. star fruit had a more mild taste, but it felt tropical. So I was like, I can just build on the tropical. And I added coconut to the ice, to the cookie dough. And I added, I made a rum icing. So Yum. I tried to feed off of Woo. the, yeah. And actually all of, not to, to plug, but to plug, um, <laughs> I actually sell that recipe, recipe plus the other recipes that I use on the show on my website as well. That's good. Yeah. What is your website? And we'll put it in the show notes too. But... Yeah. It's sweetcheeksbyrene.com. One thing that I did to prepare to go to the Food Network Christmas Cookie Challenge was yeah. I went to a lot of the small, I was going to say weird, they're not weird, but smaller grocery stores in Lexington, Kentucky that have the fruits and things that you don't find other places. And I oh. looked for weird things because I thought, I need to know what these things taste like. Yeah. I made so many batches of cookie dough. Yeah. You, whoops. Using, you don't know what it's going to be. So I use right. alcohol and I use fresh fruit and I use dried yeah. fruit and I use weird fruits. And you have to be prepared for anything. My family and my neighbors were very happy during that time. They'd come <laughs> over and say, What'd you make today? <laughs> what was your secret ingredient? I forget. Ours was soda. 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 Oh. Yes. Did you even so- think that would even be like a. Like that was no. <laughs> no, I thought it might be alcohol. I really, I was thinking maybe it's alcohol, but it was soda. And the reason I was thinking alcohol is because I'm from Kentucky and bourbon's big. And I thought maybe they'll give us some kind of alcohol. I was really fortunate because I've made lots of lollipops, homemade lollipops, mm-hmm. and I've made them out of alcohol. And I've never made one out of soda, but I know how to make it, reduce it down on the stove to make a syrup. And so I thought, oh, I can reduce it down. So yeah. it worked really well. But one funny thing is I kept, because you know, you're so busy. I kept forgetting that it was on the stove. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I would reduce it and it would be perfect. And then I would put it in a little bowl. And then I would think, I don't have enough. So I'd put more. And by about the fourth time, because you just forget, it started smoke. There was smoke billowing everywhere. And someone came and they took it off the stove. (laughs) And I thought that was funny. But that's see, I would never have known to do that with soda. And really, because you need to make it into a syrup. You can't just add liquid to your dough and just call it a day. So I right. never had known to, I would have failed. I would have 100% failed. <laughs> the only reason I lucked why, out. The only reason why I feel like I had a step up in my challenge for the star fruit was when I was preparing for everything and I was practicing at home, which by the way, they only gave me two weeks. I don't know about you, but when they called and said, hey, you're in, you leave in two weeks. So I was like, oh, I have orders. Like, and they want you to make sure that you're practicing making cookies in a small amount of time and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm supposed to practice and finish my orders for when I, like, it made no sense. But my yes. husband is, my husband's a pastry chef or he has a background in pastry. So when I was wow. making different cookie doughs, like I was literally just experimenting with different cookie doughs. I made one that had apples in it. Cause I was like, maybe I'll make an apple cookie dough for one of my recipes. And I went to go put the apple little chunks that I cut up 
fresh apple chunks into the cookie dough and my husband goes no you need to put it in a bowl with flour and coat the apple chunks in flour otherwise they're gonna slip through the dough and I was like oh okay so when I picked the star fruit I was like got it cut up those little (laughs) things put it in some flour (laughs) put it in my dough so they didn't slip and it worked out well and I was like see I knew what I was doing (laughs) it made me look like I was so smart I your husband when he was watching this show was like yes i taught her that i taught her that (laughs) (laughs) lastly what are your future goals and aspirations for sweet cheeks by renee do you have any things in the horizon yeah i want i'm really enjoying teaching i will always take custom orders those will never go away i get my inspiration from custom orders So I will continue to do that, but I, my kids are getting older and they're so much fun and we only get them little for so long and I don't think we're having any more babies. So Jolie's it. So I want to spend more time with them. And in order for me to do that, I need to take less custom orders and more, sell more classes. And right. But beyond that, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy getting the messages from the people that are saying, I take your class. It was, I love it. I enjoy the fact that when I release a class, I have a handful of people that purchase every single class. They are there Mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end. They purchase every single class because they know that my classes provide so much information and there's so much takeaway. I love that feeling that I get when I see these names come across my phone. Because one of the things that people might not realize is that like, When I release a class, I'm not releasing a class and just like going about my day gallivanting. I release a class and I am stuck to my phone. And every single, yes, every (laughs) single order that comes in, I'm doing like a happy dance. I am eternally grateful for every single person that purchases the class. So I want to continue doing that. But I'm also trying to travel more. So I've never traveled. I did not grow up traveling. We did not grow up wealthy by any means. We never went to Disney. We never did any of that stuff. So in the last two years, two, three years, I've traveled more than I have ever traveled in my entire life. Between Food Network, Cookie Cons, I've gone to Kristen Grunder's place in Anaheim and I've taught at her Mm -hmm. place. I want to do more of that. So I have plans of trying to find more places locally but also further away that I can travel and teach classes some of them I would love to I yeah I'd love to include my children and my family to make fun experiences with them some of them I have to do by myself because I also need to make money (laughs) like when I went to Kristen's place to teach her (laughs) class I, I brought my kids I brought my husband I actually brought my sister with me and it was an incredible time and I taught those classes Aww. and it was so much fun. We went to Disneyland. I made zero money. <laughs> but uh-huh. it was fun. It, was, it, it paid for the trip and it was a great experience. And I want to do more yeah. of that with my kids so that they have experiences that I didn't get to have as a child. Aww. So I want to be able to do that. And teaching classes is really going to be the way that is. So I am really yeah. working on teaching more classes, traveling more. I'm working with a few other people to put out some merchandise. I have some really great design ideas. It's just about getting it out there and getting it done. So that's what I'm working on right now. And it's just building Sweet Cheeks as naturally as possible, as organically as possible in whatever feels right. 
eight years ago, this was not the plan. Eight years ago, it was make enough money to pay my bills and stay home with my baby. That was all I wanted. I was not looking to build like this wealth of stuff. I was looking to <laughs> stay home with my baby and not go homeless. That was it. And now as time goes on, I seek opportunities and look into what feels good for me and what feels good in my gut to build my business. And that's where we've landed. And I'm going to continue doing that. So any opportunity that arises that feels good to me, that I feel like it's going to help grow my business, I'm going to take it. So that's what I'm doing right now. And it, fe and it feels good and it feels right. I love, I keep looking at your shirt. I love the saying on your shirt, let hope this, arise. You just said the word arise. And I thought I've got to mention her shirt. Yeah, this was, a, so this shirt was actually in support of another cookie art. I don't know if frosted by Megan, she has a little baby now, but a few years ago, she was really struggling to conceive. They needed her and her husband had to do IVF in order to have a baby. And they were struggling with conceiving. They were having loss after loss and as a lost mama, I have, I've lost three pregnancies prior to having Jolie. I really oh. resonated with that. And another cookie or created these beautiful shirts, say, let hope arise. Aww. And all of the profits went towards her IVF and she got another round Aww. of IVF. And now she has her beautiful little baby girl. So oh. shirt so much. Yeah. I'm going to cry. Every episode I talk to someone, they tell me, I think, why don't I have, that is the sweetest. I didn't know that story. That's yeah, wonderful. I'm an open book. If you follow me on social media, I'm an open book when it comes to my personal life and all of that stuff. And I'm also huge on supporting other people in the community. I'm mm -hmm. big on community over competition. I won't, I'm not going to sit here and ever bash or put down any other people. If you have a, if you have something that you offer, I'm going to support that. Wow. So that was what this was. And I'm just so happy for her now. She has this beautiful little baby girl and it's, it was all yes. worth it. Yeah. Yes. So let's, are you ready for the speed round? Oh, goodness. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So what is your very favorite treat? If you could have a treat? And if your husband's a pastry chef, my goodness, that'd be a hard question to answer. I, I love any type of sweets that I don't make. <laughs> <gasps> me too <laughs> if I'm going to go to I love going to new bakeries and trying new stuff so I will go uh, cookies brownies cheesecake creme brulee like all of that stuff I'm all into and I probably eat way too much of it when it's presented <laughs> to me so do you have a favorite cookbook I don't I don't really I've gotten Malik's cookbook when he, his recipe book when he released it a while ago Frosted by Malik and again it was to support him I haven't read it. <laughs> I just got it because I thought it was so awesome that he had done that. And yeah. I haven't read it. <laughs> I really don't hey, follow you it. Like, That's the most yeah. important thing. <laughs> I know. I don't really do recipe cookbooks. And it's so funny because I'll get them for like my friends and family. But like when it comes to me, I have a stack of them. I just don't use them. <laughs> yeah. You're creative. So you can probably just wing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Try to. <laughs> so if you could make cookies for anybody living or past, who would you make cookies for? Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, he's a that cutie. Was... He's a cutie patootie. And he's so much fun. <laughs> I like, I would love to do that. I had an opportunity and I did make cookies for a celebrity years ago. And it was like, like, I told my husband that besides, because this was after Bryson was born, besides Bryson being born, this was like the second best day of my life. And wow. then my husband, it was for Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy. 
Uh-huh. Was in Sons of Anarchy and he was in King Arthur. I was a huge fan of Sons of Anarchy, he, like obsessed. It was a little bad. And I had the, I made little gingerbread cookies that looked like the likeness of the characters from the show and they went viral. <laughs> and the people, like the makeup artists at the show reached out to me and she wanted to order some. So I was able to make them and send them out. And I remember to this day sitting on my couch in my apartment and I got a text message and it was Charlie Hunnam holding my cookie. And I was like, life is made. And then um, it was the best thing in the world. This was prior to me starting Sweet Cheeks. So this is when I was working at the other bakery. And then when I started Sweet Cheeks, Charlie Hunnam was actually in Massachusetts filming a movie and I made the cookies again, but better because I had much more experience and I drove two and a half hours down to where he was filming and I got to meet him again and present him the cookies. That is a great story. (laughs) Yeah, it was so cool. But, but today I think Ryan Reynolds, he's just the best. Listen, you need to start making some Ryan Reynolds lookalike gingerbread people. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) So tell us where we can find you on social media. And we know your website, but like I said, I'll also post it in the show notes. Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm Sweet Cheeks by Renee. On Facebook, same thing. And then I have my website and that's, I have a TikTok, but I don't really use it as I should. But Instagram is mostly where you'll see all of my updates and anything new that's coming out. Okay. I have enjoyed talking to you so much. You too. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today's chat and don't want to miss out on future episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. We release new episodes every Thursday. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate and review it. It would mean so much to us. And remember to check out the cheerful box. It's the perfect companion to help you unlock your creativity and help make your baking dreams come true. You can find it at www.cheerfulcutters.com. So until next time, keep dreaming big and never underestimate the power of a little sugar and a whole lot of passion. I'm Lauren Jacobs, and this is the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast.